Arturo Rujas, Marina Shafir, Ever Rise, Tony Nice, Aria Davari, The Bollywood Boys, Killian Dane, August Gray, Kurt Stallion, Sabatelli, Tyler Breeze, and Fandango. That's the latest batch of names that were released from WWE on Friday, June 25th. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about the releases from Friday. Why did it happen? Where do they go? And what's to become of 205 Live? John DeCani is in the house. We have headlines from the weekend, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for June 28, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. All right, John, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you on this hot and sticky day in the Northeast? <laughs> Better than about 14 people from the WWE roster that were cut on Friday. I mentioned in the intro, it was uh, Tony Nice, Arya Davari, The Bollywood Boys, Ever Rise, Killian Dane, August Gray, Kurt Stallion, Sabatelli, Tyler Breeze, Fandango, Marina Shafir, and Arturo Rujas all let go from WWE on Friday. So it's another, I think it's 14 names overall. Sabatelli was one that wasn't really getting around too much, but he was an interesting case because he was released, worked a match on AEW Dark, hired back, and now released again. So, <laughs> poor guy. Yeah, yeah. They, they thought they had something for him, then they didn't have something for him, then they thought they could use him again, and nah. Like, he's got to be spinning. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I want to ask your feelings on this. What did you feel when you heard the news? Because... This is the this is like third in really recent memory. So like when you heard it, were you were you surprised or were you like, oh, here we go again? Yeah, you heard the rumblings out there that there were more cuts to come. I'm gonna miss Ever Eyes for the goofiness. Killian Dane surprised me a little bit. Uh, a couple of the names that were legit MMA people were a little surprising. They couldn't find something to do with them, but I, I, I guess this is where we are. They've cut now what close to 40 people. When I was looking at this, I was wondering to myself, why did they do so many cycles? This is the third cycle since yeah. right after WrestleMania. I've been thinking about this. and Did they want three bad news cycles where they're talking about layoffs? Or are they doing it with this frequency to become, make it a normal thing? So we're almost trained at some point not to react to this type of thing. Jeez, I hope that's not the thought. Yeah, hey, we're going to cut people once a month now. Yeah. WWE is an enormous corporation, and for them to eliminate 14 people or 14 positions, if it was Pepsi doing that, I don't think that would be news. That nah, wouldn't but, even be a blip on the radar. Maybe it also would have been too high of a percentage of the overall talent to do all at one time, and maybe that would have been a signal to the market or something that something larger was happening if it was over x percent i'm not a stock analyst myself so i don't know like what those signals would be but perhaps that's related as well yeah certainly it certainly seems like everything that they do now they're worried about the stock price so i'm sure that has something to do with it in a way that i don't personally understand but so be it so then the other thing is when i went to wwe's 205 live roster after <laughs> all these announcements came out i found it and this is on their website, www.com slash superstars slash 205 live. Here are the eight names left for that show. <laughs> Danny Birch, Oni Lorcan, Swerve Scott, 
Joaquin Wild, Raul Mendoza, Santos Escobar, Mark Andrews, and Brian Kendrick. None of them have worked a recent episode of 205. <laughs> and Brian Kendrick, the news about six months ago is that Brian Kendrick, because of coach, he's officially retired from wrestling. So take that eight, make it seven. Mark Andrews, he's an NXT UK. He's not a 205 live guy. And the other six, they are completely entrenched into core NXT storylines. They're not 205 Live guys. So the 205 Live roster, when I really take a look at this, is nobody. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's either headed for a complete reboot or a sayonara. So hopefully it gets that reboot. Yeah, and the reason this is coming up is because from that list, the people that were wrestling routinely on 205 Live, they were all on the cut list. That's yeah. Tony Nese, Ari Davari, the Bollywood Boys, August Gray, Kurt Stallion. All gone. Even Tyler Breeze once in a while but not in like a year. But you brought up, John, the goof, right? If you were in a goofy role on NXT, it seems like you got cut. Yeah, and, and usually that's what kind of keeps you safe in the WWE. If you make Mr. McMahon laugh, our truth has a job for life. And he might get forgotten for a month and a half at a time and be off TV, but he doesn't get sent packing because he makes all of us laugh, and I'm guessing, most importantly, Mr. McMahon. So Everize and uh, Brizongo had that role in NXT, and they were very good. Everize barely even wrestled anymore. We've seen them, what, once in the last month or so? Now we're never going to get the payoff between them and Hit Row? Yo, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) Everize is currently looking for a new network with their podcast. At least that's what they said on Twitter. (laughs) Tony Nese, Arya Davari. They've been, they're the mainstays. They're the OGs of 205 Live, but they never really got anywhere. They, yeah. they never got pushed over to NXT. They never got pushed up to the main roster in any significant way. The Bollywood boys, they were pretty good in their act with Jinder Mahal. If they were ever going to push Jinder against Strong, I know they've got the two, in, uh, the Indu Share guy and, and the other Indian guy now, but they could add this guy in. They could have had a Indian SWAT team or something. Yeah, you know? exactly. Make uh, Jinder that much more imposing, especially if he's going to be, even if he's a stopgap, he's a big guy, he's a former champion, they need to make their way towards SummerSlam, but there's plenty of room in there. Somebody's got to face these champions. That would have made him at least look like he had a shot at Bobby. But certainly Bobby's not going to have MVP or anybody outside interfering if the other guys got four guys at ringside with him. All these releases, I think you mentioned like over 40 now since April. It's getting tough. I would be very afraid for the independent guys out there who might have a hard time getting booked on bigger shows now that you have the market completely flooded with ex-WWE guys. Sure. You got big and medium-sized names that are going to take spots and take paychecks from guys who are trying to make their name. It's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, August Gray, he's, you know, on this list. August Gray was hired in August of 2020. So it's less than a year for poor August Gray. And then Kurt Stallion was the same situation, it seems like. Tyler Breeze, been a longtime employee. Fandango, 14 years with WWE. So he's like the longest tenured guy on here. And two couples were split with these uh, layoffs. You have Killian Dane and Nikki Cross and Marina Shafir and Roderick Strong. So very high there. Yeah. Well, John, you have a whole bunch of rumors, some that pertain to this subject that we're going to get into right after the commercial break here. And there's just a bunch of rumors going around about why this happened, what's going on, where we go from here. Uh, stay with us. When we get back, we're going to talk about these releases some more. 
and then other rumors that we're going to sort through so that you have the truth. There you go. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to BodySlamClothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports. The show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeConi, and Gary Maheffy. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. And just a reminder, the primetime rundown is actually Mondays at 7 now. Update your schedules accordingly. Absolutely. Okay, John, there were a bunch of rumors that you sent me a message about that we need to talk about this morning, and at least four of them pertain to what's going on with these releases. We hinted at it in that last segment. Arturo Huas and Marina Shafir originally ticketed for the Diamond Mind. Why let him go? What happened? So I guess uh, Fightful reported this, and the Diamond Mind has been in the works for months. We've seen the commercials and everything for months and months now, and we're waiting to see it. And I think we talked about this last week, actually, in the rumors section, that they were waiting for a time when the Diamond Mind could take sort of center stage. And apparently, yeah, Fightful is reporting that Arturo Ruhaus he was originally planned and informed a few days prior to the actual debut that he was not going to be part of it. The plans had changed. And then Marina Shafir, everybody thought that she was going to be still a part of Diamond Mind, but then coming in at a later date. And then this happened. So that's all a report from Fightful. It's probably true. Yeah. The plans always change. Would have been nice to have a female presence there in a uh, faction, but. Oh, well, what are you going to do? So apparently in all of this, Nick Khan is to blame. So a lot of people are talking about a meeting that occurred on Friday where Nick Khan put it out there that this is on him and he was taking the heat. And I guess Fightful originally reported that, but then they walked it back and said that was an erroneous report. And for most of these people, the wheels were in motion in advance prior to Friday. So they walked that back. Now, it still begs the question of, okay, where did the edict come from? So Dave Meltzer added to the conversation on Wrestling Observer Radio, and I think Dave's actually probably correct on this. He assumes that Nick Khan made the suggestion for cuts. Vince McMahon approved it, and then Paul Levesque, Triple H, would have had to select the names because Vince isn't aware of all the people that are down in the developmental system. He's not aware of what's going on 205 Live and NXT and stuff, so he wouldn't have been able to make educated cuts in that situation. So 
ultimately those decisions probably fell to Triple H. But the order of operations here, Nikon certainly probably made the suggestion, Vince approved it, and then somebody from the NXT developmental, likely Triple H, would have had to actually select the names. Okay. And now insiders are saying, which is, <laughs> you got to love that when it comes to wrestling rumors, that they've heard names that were on the chopping block that haven't surfaced yet. Yeah, and usually I tell you what's important about these rumors. In this situation, I think timing is important because insiders, as you say, I think most people were probably referring to Fightful again. We're saying this around 4.30 on Friday. So unclear to me whether they actually knew more names or it was the names that came out after 4.30 on Friday, which would have been the Bollywood Boys, Kurt Stallion, Killian Dane, and Arturo Rujas all came out after 4.30 on Friday. So I think timing is important on that one. We really don't know if the insiders have more names. And with the devastation of the 205 uh, live roster, is Vince reverting back to his old ways where bigger is better? Give me the young guys. They got to be over 220, got to be over six foot. Are we headed back to that? So this, I think, is pure rumor. And if anybody's trying to report this as news, I think this is pure rumor. This is bullshit. So here's how this rumor started. On Wrestling Observer Radio over the weekend, Dave Meltzer was talking about what is a common approach when the popularity in wrestling dips. When the popularity in wrestling dips, often WWE will go bigger and younger as a way to improve the product. That was made as a general statement, and he was relating it to what we saw here because Tony Nese, Arya Davari, these are not old men, but they are not 22 years old. They're not 20, 22 to 26, and they're not big guys. They're all under 205. So when you look at all these guys that have been in the WWE system for many years that are not big, they fit that model, but was not reporting that he heard from a source that this was why this happened. Gotcha. So that is a rumor. It's an expansion upon something somebody said, but it is not something where Dave heard that this actually happened. Okie doke. All right. I'm going to go back to the top of my list here. So KO apparently asked for some time off and he's going to be back this week. Did, did he not get the time he asked for? Okay. So these are the non-release related rumors that are out there. So Kevin Owens, I guess he publicly stated on Twitter that he was going to take some time off. He himself went to Twitter yesterday or Friday or whatever and said, if you paid any attention to my career, I can't stay away for very long, especially when I get a chance like this. You also know that when I do this kind of match, you already know it's going to be must-see. And against him on top of it, don't miss it. So I don't know where these the the reports were coming from that he had asked for a period of time and maybe he was being punished or anything like that. It appears to me that he asked for the time off to heal up or whatever, maybe a couple of weeks. And they said, Hey, we'd like to do this match. And he came back. That's what I'm reading between the lines of Kevin Owens tweet. Other than that, I don't think we know anything. Makes sense. Okay. So MVP was backstage at NXT, right? This was reported from fightful and, then there are people going around speculating whether this has something to do with recruiting for the Hurt business or whatever. Uh, I assume that it's true that he was backstage at NXT. We do not know why. 
We also, in the very same report, that's not being aggregated and pushed out as much as that Damian Priest was actually backstage as well at NXT, and he often is. So there isn't really any reasoning that's known about why MVP was backstage, but he apparently was. Okay. All right. Lastly, and most importantly, clearly this is going to solve all the issues of ratings and entertainment value uh, as we go along here. As we get back on the road, new Raw and SmackDown sets will debut. That should probably fix everything. So this was originally reported by Andrew Zarian of the Map Men podcast back in May 17th. So this is not a new thing, but it's coming up. So I think it's starting to resurface and People are talking about it. Um, I, I assume it's true, and everybody's reporting. Everybody seems to have additional information on this now. Oh, in the June 25th issue of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Meltzer wrote, the new Raw and SmackDown sets are designed and will debut when they go on the road, and we'll have Pyro that will be the most impressive they've used to date. So it seems everybody, PW Torch, Fightful, Observer, originally Mattman, have all reported on this. It's probably true. It's probably well, true. Bringing, they about the pyro is probably true too. They're not bringing back the big silver fist. It's not going to really pop me. So, nostalgia <laughs> <laughs> will work one time. <laughs> All right, John. Let's jump into the headline section of the show. And for that, we need to play our bumper. Yes. PW Insider, in an exclusive report on the Thursday or Friday of last week, announced that WWE will be returning to Madison Square Garden on September 10th for SmackDown. Oh, this sweet is, home. Yes, and this is the first time since before the pandemic, and they had two events that were planned during the pandemic that had to get canceled. Welcome back. It is crowded in the New York market in September because uh, WWE is running on September 10th here in SmackDown. In Madison Square Garden. AEW is going to be running Newark. Not the same market, but there's definitely overlap. And then AEW is running again in, in Queens later in the month. So people are going to have their fill wrestling in, in the New York market, for sure. New York City crowds, fresh back in the buildings, to what should be two great products. That's going to be a great month. Also in September, WWE has Clash of Champions. This is again coming from PW Insider. September 26th from Columbus, Ohio. And then Monday Night Raw in Boston on September 13th. Two big Northeast wrestling cities, two of the, I don't know, maybe five crowds. When things are really rolling, the crowds that you really get that feedback from, Chicago, Philly, New York, Boston, let's say D.C., you know, those Boston and New York, big crowds. Yep, your WWE mainstays right, right. right there, that loop. And Florida. I'm going to give Florida credit in this, too. <laughs> really good market for, for wrestling. For all things wrestling. Yes. And SmackDown on Friday night. Edge came back, and then it was announced the next day on Talking Smack that he will be challenging Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank. Again, made official on Talking Smack. So this is the match we should have had at WrestleMania, right, John? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This should be great. You know, it's uh, this might have been big enough to build for uh, SummerSlam, but I guess they've got even bigger plans in in mind there. So this will be a hell of a uh, Money in the Bank match. 
Yeah, didn't Rollins say something about being ready for Roman Reigns earlier in the night? Yeah. And and uh, I think there's a lot of rumors, and I don't know, and I don't think there's anything to speak of. This is complete speculation at this part. But I think there's rumors going around that it's Edge and Rollins at SummerSlam. So uh, you can see the things lining up to that, but that's all out there in the rumor mill at this point. So Interesting. Big E added to Money in the Bank uh, ladder match, as well as Carmella and Liv Morgan even though Liv Morgan hasn't made the graphic yet. <laughs> Not sure what that says. Then next week we have Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn in the last man standing money in the bank qualifying match. That's what Owens was referring to in his tweet that I read earlier. Owens coming back out of his two week time off to wrestle Sami Zayn again, last man standing money in the bank qualifying. That's a, that is a big match to come back out of. I yeah. Guess yeah. It was just too tempting. He yeah. probably uh, probably could have used another week or two off, but they said, Sammy, last man standing, first spot in Money in the Bank, and Kevin went, all right, let me lace my boots up. I'm coming back. <laughs> or to further discuss this that rumor a bit, it could be that Kevin Owens was told that they wanted to do this match, and he said, give me two weeks off to, to heal up. Very true. Good point. Okay, talking about WWE releases again – because there's been so many this year that they're starting to pop up a little bit because some of them have 30-day non-competes, some of them have 90. EJ Naduka, I believe is how you pronounce the name, he signed with MLW. He's six foot eight, runs 270, three-sport athlete, former NFL, never debuted on NXT, graduated from Sam Houston State with a 3.7 GPA majoring in business and bio. He's a big, smart giant <laughs> i don't know how he got out i don't know how wwe didn't didn't capture him on this clearly vince mcmahon has never laid eyes on this gentleman <laughs> because there's no way he gets mike away John mike johnson from pw insider did an interview with court bauer owner of mlw and talked about this over the weekend and court said that the reason they signed him so quick is because when he got let go people from wwe were calling court and saying this is the guy you need to sign. He's universally loved in the locker room. He's, he's a great guy. He's a hard worker. He's big and impressive too. So I guess maybe he'll leave. Maybe he'll come back someday, but he seems to fit the profile of guy that, uh, that Vince would like. Yeah, yeah. Something tells me we haven't heard the end of that. We haven't seen the beginning of him, but something tells me we'll see him back in the company at some point. Yeah, most likely. Yes. And then Shotzi Blackheart, Scarlett, and Karrion Cross all worked dark matches before SmackDown last week. And John, we were talking a little bit before the show about Karrion Cross's performance on main event. And I was underwhelmed. I know you haven't seen it yet, but yeah. I don't think he had a particularly strong match with Shelton Benjamin. His entrance was no good. Scarlett wasn't there. And quite frankly, Shelton Benjamin and Karrion Cross are the same size. So Karrion Cross will not be a big guy when he comes to the main roster. So yeah, hopefully when, when, when it all gets sh shaken out, when they get ready to make the move with Karrion Cross, somebody gets in Vince's ear and says, take a look at his presentation in NXT. Now take a look at his presentation on main event. You want the NXT presentation. Please don't make that mistake of splitting these two up. All right, for Ring of Honor's Best in the World pay-per-view, we know the main event is going to be Roosh defending the ROH World title against Bandito. So it'll be a lucha match. So nice. 
we finally have the main event for that show that's coming up here in a couple of weeks july 11th i believe and then john you've heard the story running around last week about kanice mobley getting fired from wwe she was hired on as a writer and she went on a podcast explaining that she doesn't know anything about wrestling and she didn't know bobby lashley's name so she got fired <laughs> yeah, this one was almost like I almost didn't believe it when I heard the first part about her not knowing anything. Like I almost thought it was a gag. Like they brought in this young female. She knows nothing about the product and she's admitting this in some kind of public forum. I'm like, I, I like it took me a day to believe that was even true. And then the very next day I hear that because this got back to certain people, she's fired. I'm like, now that even seems a little too hasty, even for WWE. I wasn't even sure if that was true. Like, apparently it was. She shot her mouth off. She knew nothing about the product. And they said, oops, we've made a you know poor choice here. So long. She wasn't sure if it was Lashley or Ashley. But he's got this group called the Hurt Business and they wear suits. She knew that. She didn't know <laughs> what the current status of the Hurt Business was. <laughs> Here's the thing it's not uncommon for WWE to hire people that don't necessarily know wrestling because they are a variety show. And at least that's what they want. However, nobody wants their face rubbed in that, right? Nobody wants to be exposed in that regard. If I was making the same parallel, if Pepsi hired an executive or somebody that was important to their product and they went out publicly and said, I've never drank the stuff. I don't think they'd last long either. I don't drink soda. It's no good for you. And then Travis chiming in, maybe they should trim the writer's team before the talent roster. That would be a whole shift in company dynamics altogether. Yes, indeed. That would require a a lot of changes. So we also had Saturday Night Dynamite over the weekend, John, and Jungle Boy did not win the AEW World Championship. So uh, that's the major news coming out of Dynamite. But we also had a continued build for FTR and Proud and Powerful. No match date still for that match, but we had Conan come out and he took a spike pile driver. So Yeah, he came out and we know Conan goes way back with those guys. We know Conan made that brief appearance in uh, the Blue Oyster Bar during the uh, Stadium Stampede match. But we weren't sure that they were necessarily bringing him in. We're still not sure if they're bringing him in, if he's uh, f- going to be full-time in AEW. But he was speaking like he was the manager of these guys. And then he, he called for them to come out and get his back. And two guys came out in those oh, the dead president's masks with their hoodies up. And it turned out to be FTR because, as we saw on the Tron, they had Santana and Ortiz and left them laying backstage. And poor Conan got dropped on his head. And no date for this match, but they're continuing to build it every week. I got to believe it's either Fighter Fest or they're going to stretch it all the way to September. But it the, feels like the build's too strong right now. They're going to yeah, probably have and- to play it all soon. It's going to be a delicious payoff. So, is you know, and they they did they tend to do a good job stringing these things along. I trust that they will they'll pay it off properly here. Winner of this feud is the next AW World Tag Team Champions, in my prediction. So. And either way, I'm perfectly fine with it. And it sounds like uh, Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker at Fighter Fest Night Two. Uh, though we haven't seen a match graphic, it does sound like that's what's happening. And then Ethan Page and Darby Allen in a coffin match on July 7th. That's the other news that came out. Again, no match graphic for that, but they're not going to tease that match and not give it to us. So I think we're looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Page has been saying he's going to be the nail in uh, Darby's coffin for a long time. So he proposed a coffin match 
And come on, it's not like Darby's going to say, nah, I'll pass. If he said it's, if, if Ethan Page said it's me and six of my buddies versus you, Darby would somehow still say, yeah. I'm Game Instinct. Please don't get involved. <laughs> <laughs> so for Raw tonight, we have the last chance Money in the Bank qualifying match between AJ Styles, Drew McIntyre, and Randy Orton. We also have the strap match, Elias versus Riker. Kofi is going to be confronting MVP. And then we have a six women tag match. Rhea Ripley, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke versus Charlotte, Natalia, and Tamina. So that is- that's probably more than we've had booked ahead of time for uh, a WWE show in the last, I can't remember how long. Yeah, so that's four segments going in. Raw was pretty good last week because we knew there was going to be the uh, the all the money in the bank qualifiers. Right. But you're right. Aside from that, usually you get one match for Raw if you're lucky. So this is good. All right, John, did we leave anything out in the entire world of wrestling? I know we addressed all those rumors. My goodness, I can't imagine there's any rock we have not overturned. All right, for John, I'm Ryan. We'll see you tomorrow.